welcome to the Elevate podcast. This series focuses on elevating and inspiring women and girls into or to remain in the tech sector from the classroom to the boardroom. I'm Kelly Kwarteng, founder and CEO of Halzac and host of the show. Thanks for joining us today on the Elevate podcast series. I'd like to introduce you to Megan Bordage. Megan is the president of AMB International, which is a sales consultancy business servicing the B2B SaaS organizations globally. Megan has spent the last 17 years of her career in sales and sales leadership roles. The past nine and a half years have been supporting B2B SaaS tech organizations and she's passionate about uplifting women into leadership roles within the tech space. Megan lives in Florida, USA with her husband and two children. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Megan. So if it's all right with you, we'll dive straight in and yeah, get started on the questions if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Perfect. So let's go back to the start then of your career. So 17 years in sales, it would be great to understand what was it 17 years ago that made you decide to start your career in sales? Yeah, that's an interesting question because sales was uh, kind of an accidental career for me. I was uh, going to school for international business and marketing and really wasn't quite sure exactly where my career path would take me. But I ended up at a financial services organization and got into a sales role that was 100% commission only. So it was you only get paid what you sell. And I had a lot of success in that. I was super enthusiastic, very young and hungry for money. And uh, so jumping into that kind of a job and seeing success early really hooked me and kept me in sales. I call myself the accidental salesperson because this wasn't a career I intended to have, but one that I have grown to love over the last 17 years. And that's a funny story. I hear that from many salespeople. It was by accident and then it becomes this career that they love and they thrive in. So great to hear. I think for me, what would be really interesting and hopefully for our audience as well, would be to understand, obviously, you entered the sales career, like you said, within finance, but then you made that switch nine and a half years ago to tech sales. So sales is sales, but tech sales is a little bit different. So what was it nine and a half years ago that made you jump into the world of tech and tech sales? I was in a really high pressure financial services organization, and that's where I started my career. But I was working 12 hour days, 14 hour days. Um, it was incredibly high stress. So I figured I needed to try something new and uh, came across a job opening for a tech role. And this is nine and a half years ago. And while that seems like a long time, or maybe not a long time, tech sales at that point wasn't as big as it is today. It was a job, but it wasn't like it is today, where virtually half the sales jobs are in tech. Um, it wasn't like that at that point. So I stumbled across this job and thought, this is an interesting opportunity for me to shift the path of my career to get out of the 12 and 14 hour days, get into more of a remote working environment as well, um, and try something new. And in that nine, past nine and a half years, I've seen the tech sales or, or tech sales roles just explode. Yeah. So where now virtually half of sales jobs or more are in tech sales. I feel very fortunate that I was offered that opportunity really without any experience nine and a half years ago, which is actually why I I really like the idea of giving people a shot that haven't been in tech sales and promoting them into tech sales roles because I myself had that opportunity nine and a half years ago and have thrived. And there are still people out there that don't have that experience that can plug and play really well into tech sales roles 
like I did nine and a half years ago. That's brilliant to hear. And I think, you know, your experience obviously has been as an individual contributor, salesperson through into that leadership space, which for women coming through the ranks, particularly, it can be very few that make it into those true leadership positions and have those opportunities to develop teams and everything else. It would be great to hear a little bit about your leadership journey as well that you've had across that time. Was it mainly within the tech sales that you began the leadership journey or did you enter into tech sales as a leader? I ended up my financial services career as a director. Um, So I was in a sales leadership role at that organization. But in taking a different career path, I came in as a director into the SaaS space, but more as an individual contributor role, and then had to kind of work myself back up into an eventual VP of sales, VP of sales and marketing positions. But I think that for women, that is a really incredibly difficult path to take from individual contributor to vice president of sales or vice president of sales and marketing. I had to overcome, as many women do, a lot of things that maybe our male counterparts are not experiencing, right? Where there seems to be barriers and doors and, you know, maybe some sexism or or things like that, that we have to overcome along the way. Mm -hmm. I've been in sales leadership roles kind of on both sides of the fence. And when I came back into tech sales, I had to build that, build my brand all over again, since I was starting a new space. And in that time, like you said there, rebuild your brand and rebuild yourself within this new space. What do you think were some of the biggest challenges that you had to navigate during that journey if we just looked at the last nine and a half years in tech sales? Yeah, so I think that tech and sales in general is so male-dominated that women in leadership roles are quite rare, to be honest, especially if you combine the two. Tech and sales, there's very few directors and vice presidents or presidents of sales in this space. So already women are a minority in this space. There's a lot of males with a lot of experience. There's a lot of men with a lot of confidence coming into interviews or or that sort of thing. So I think number one is just the belief in myself, right? Because when you look around and you're a woman in tech or you're a woman in sales, most of the leadership roles as you're looking around are held by males, And uh, an interesting story is here at at a job that I had as a vice president of sales, I remember I came into a team and it was a team of about 15 people and about half of those were women. So it was a pretty good, diverse group of, but I had meetings with my entire team within that first week of me joining the organization and three or four of the women, the first thing that they said to me on our introductory calls were, oh my God, I'm so glad that they hired a VP that's a woman and how encouraged they were. And they said, I've never worked for a woman VP of sales. You know, I think at that moment, it was kind of like a light bulb, Kelly. Oh my gosh. Like even for these folks that their first comment to me, day one of meeting me is thank God you're a woman, or I can't believe they hired, you know, someone that looks like me. Um, Because a lot of women that are in tech or that are in sales don't see themselves in leadership roles. So roundabout answer your question, it's really the belief in yourself and and seeing that even if it's male dominated, you can make your way up. It's about having that confidence in yourself and your ability and fighting against the grain when it comes to, yes, you're competing against male counterparts, but you have to have some belief in yourself to and keep climbing. Yep. And it's interesting that you mentioned about that kind of ladder up to to leadership 
based on some research that I've done, and there were some stats from the US Bureau of Labor, they share that the entry level into sales roles is roughly around 50-50. And if I look back to large companies in sales that I've worked for, it wasn't tech sales, but it's recruitment sales. And our entry level for males and females was always pretty much around 50-50, there or thereabouts. But the US Bureau of Labor Stats reported that only 31% make it through to sales managers. And that number falls even smaller to around about 12% getting into sales leadership. So it's interesting that you say like how eye-opening it was for those women that you met on your team, your new team, saying it's so great to see that that you're in the sea. And I think it does give that kind of hope and that that role model kind of looking up and seeing that it is possible. Um, definitely something that's there. So based on some of that 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 I just mentioned there, some of those stats, you know, you look at the entry level and it's pretty much an even playing field, but then the numbers just really start to dwindle. What do you think are some of the most significant barriers that women are facing within the tech sales world and why those numbers are going into leadership at, you know, 12%, we're nearly in single digits there, which is really alarming. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's disheartening as well, because if we look at women that come into sales roles in tech sales, women perform, and this was a study done in 2019 by Harvard Review, it was published there that says that women in tech sales roles outperform their male counterparts in quota attainment by over 8%. So these women are coming in and they're doing a great job as individual contributors then we lose them along the way. We drop our percentages from 50-50 to, you know, 36%, as you mentioned, then even, even worse as we jump into executive leadership roles. And why is that? Why do these women come in and perform really well and then leave? That makes no sense, right? So something is obviously going on behind the scenes. I think there's a, it's a multi-pronged answer. But I think number one is that Women tend to not even put themselves up for leadership roles unless they feel incredibly confident that they can check all the boxes of what a leader looks like or what they perceive a leader to look like. And we had a conversation, Kelly, you and I before about confidence versus competence. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of males are very confident. And if they see something on a job description or they see an open role, they're going to be a lot more inclined to take that position and figure it out as they go if they don't meet all of the requirements. Women, on the other hand, tend to look at a job requirement or look at an opportunity for a manager level role and say, I'm not ready yet because I don't have these three skill sets that I think that I need. Um, So I think that there are some barriers there and just the overcoming the mental idea of I need to be perfect before I can get into a leadership role when that's not really true. So I think that's a, a huge barrier. The next thing that I think is that, you know, sales and tech, and if you combine those two, is an incredibly high stress environment. It really is like a boiler room. This is not a career. Or these are not industries that are easy peasy. They are very high stress. And especially as you continue to climb that ladder, I think that a lot of organizations need to recognize that and assess how they're treating their employees. So work-life balance is going to be important to everybody, but particularly females, right? Are we supporting flexible and remote work? Are we allowing for mental health days? Those sorts of things that are important to women because with, you know, women, if we don't have those things, we can get burnt out and just say, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not worth it to me. 
And so I think we lose women, you know, there. The other thing that I think is that women tend to want to see mentorship or developmental opportunities, I think more than male counterparts in general. So I think organizations really need to provide development or mentorship opportunities for women to feel confident and comfortable in their positions, but allow them to continue to grow. In truth, Kelly, show them how they can get there, right? If we want more women VPs of sales and tech, we need to show them the path to get there rather than just quota attainment and high pressure environment. It's show those women how to get to those roles and have someone in those roles today, right? Have a woman that's in a leadership or a C-suite position in a tech org to show the women that that is attainable. Yeah. And I suppose as well on that point that it's attainable and also that they belong there, that they feel welcome in that seat moving up up the ladder because it can be pretty lonely if you are the only female sitting in that room and that kind of sense of doubt that you feel that am I competent enough to actually sit here and have my voice heard I think having more people that look like you sitting around that table and having a, a common voice definitely is something from my past experiences it definitely helps in terms of bringing people through and I think that point that you mentioned around I mean all the points were great and that we could talk like we said before we could talk for days and hours on this subject but I think organizations if they're truly wanting to impact their numbers and bring in their women through really making sure that they do have those development plans there and having those opportunities to give them that elevated step up to feel comfortable coming forward and build that confidence so there's some great tips there that you shared and I'm sure many things that you have used in previous organizations and I know in the role that you play today as a fractional VP of sales I'm sure lots of advice that you're giving to others along the way in terms of building their sales orgs out one of the things then that I would ask people are probably thinking well, why does it matter? Why do we need to have more women in those seats? Why don't we just have whoever gets there? What do you think are some of the benefits to having more females in tech and tech sales and having those more balanced teams? Yeah, so that's a great question because you always want the best person to get the job. And that's a valid question of why is it whoever makes their way there? I think that, you know, if we look at statistics and some of the studies that have been conducted, I shared with you the Harvard study that says that women outperform male counterparts, right, in quota attainment by over 8%. But also there have been just a plethora of studies that show that diverse organizations, so diversity across, you know, male, female, different backgrounds and cultures, those teams outperform other teams that are not diverse by over 36%, 36% higher profitability on diverse teams versus those that are homogenous, right? Where everyone kind of looks and acts and talks the same is a stunning statistic because when we add diversity into the pool, when we add females into tech and, you know, we're talking about females in tech, so I'll stick there. But when we think about that, we add greater creativity, right? We add greater diverse opinions, right? So when we're sitting in a boardroom and everyone thinks and acts and talks the same, ideas are really stunted at that point. But when we start adding in diversity, we start adding females into the room, we start seeing an elevated level of creativity, ideas, and it brings new perspective to any organization. So that is why we do it. We need diverse teams. Diverse teams outperform, like I said, the homogenous groups, But also, it's not just about whoever gets to the job. 
And, you know, if the woman doesn't get it, so be it. It's really not about that. It's about, are we preventing women from being able to attain leadership roles in tech? Mm -hmm. And I think that the way that the world of work has been and is currently shifting, thank goodness, is yes, we are preventing women from reaching those levels. So it's not about them not making it. It's that we are putting a ceiling on their ability to continue to climb. And that is what we're talking about is removing that ceiling so that women do really have that same opportunity to hit leadership levels in tech. Yep. And to add to that, I think, you know, coming from a sales background as well, and I'm assuming tech sales is very much like this, you know, sales has very much been about presenteeism, the person that's there the earliest and stays the longest and does the most hours and works the hardest is the person that surely is the best person for the role. And obviously, like you said, as the world of work has changed and, you know, one thing that I always say is a huge positive that has come out of COVID is this opening to the world that flexibility is okay. And actually having a work-life balance is so important for everybody. And I think, you know, we've seen lots of business owners and um, lots of large corporations reevaluating how they operate. And actually, it's not a downfall or a bad thing if a person, a dad or a mum or whoever it may be, wants to take their child to school. They want to be present in that moment or they want to be there for the school pickup. And I think the world has really changed and opened up for that. And I think hopefully now, because this change is there, we should start to see this number at that leadership level that actually women can sit there, they can have that seat, they can still be whatever it is that they need to be in their personal lives and still be present in their day job and achieve just as good as their male counterparts on the same level. So I think some of the points that you shared there are are huge. And I think the whole working world and the flexibility approach is a huge one if we really want to change some of the numbers and particularly the women in tech agenda that exists today. So that's great to hear. When we spoke the other day, we spoke about your role and what it is that you've been doing in your career so far. And one of the things that really stood out for me and one that, you know, I think is is a great achievement and, you know, I still congratulate you on today is the setup of your own business. Um, So similar to myself, I set up a business nine months ago. I know you're only kind of early days, early months into your own business with AMB International. So huge congratulations to you. But women only make up 22% of small business owners in the US. So there's not that many women that are really kind of pushing themselves and taking themselves to that point where they're setting up their own businesses. So I'd love to know a little bit more about why did you decide to go it alone? You know, you had a fantastic career. You've done some amazing things over the time that you've been in sales. But why now did you decide to set up AMB International and yeah, be a fractional VP of sales? Yeah, so it was uh, quite the leap for me to leave the corporate world, um, especially because that is my entire career. And I've climbed myself up a ladder twice in two different industries. But it got to a point where the world of work is really changing. And I've got to credit my husband who really pushed me in this because even myself with my resume, my background, even I get imposter syndrome, right? Or I think I can't do something or I don't have that confidence, even at this level. So we've been talking about that a little bit, but even at my level, I I experience that sometimes where I'm like, can I do this? 
Um, and luckily my husband just kind of pushed me uh, and said, absolutely, you can. I have a great cheerleader there. But the world of work is really changing and that, you know, we talked about some of the flexible things. Tech is really changing. And what we're seeing with tech is the automation, right? We're looking at a lot more AI in, in this space. And a lot of organizations are now relying on fractional leadership. And so I felt that it was a really good time for me to get out of the day-to-day grind, the corporate grind that I've been in for 17 years and work with many organizations, right? So you're going to hear and, and your audience will hear the term fractional come up, I believe, increasing over the next two years, which is the idea of taking a leader. And, you know, I work with organizations anywhere from five to 20 hours a week on a fractional basis. Um, and so it allows me the opportunity to partner with many different organizations and essentially build programs for them. So we'll see fractional leadership positions, Kelly, for across technology, chief technology officers, chief marketing officers, myself in sales. Um, so the fractional component is really you know, up and coming. So I saw it really as an opportunity for me to, to transition a bit. And, you know, with the flexibility that me as a working mother that I want, it was an ideal scenario for me to be able to pick up my kids, as you said, from school and, um, you know, be there for the important life moments. So just recently started my business, as did you, Kelly. So we're still going through some of probably the, the lumps and bumps along the way, you know, but I think for us and definitely your audience is you can do it. And sometimes we need that push from a cheerleader in our life, but we can do it. And it's important for me and for for my children to see as well, especially I have a daughter to see that, you know what, take a risk, try it out. You can do it is a message that I want to send to to my kids as well. Perfect. And do you know what? That sounds a very similar story, as you know, as to to why I'm sitting here today, having started and set up Halzak um, for the many reasons that I had based on the 18 years of my own career. So it's fantastic to hear. And I hope that there's maybe women listening to the show today that are thinking, I really wish that I could go and do X. And I think, you know, this is that, that point where you can sit and think, I can do it. And I just need to figure out what is my why and my how. And like you said, it is having that cheerleader, that that voice that gives you the positive push rather than the what I call my voice of doubt, my imposter syndrome head that comes on and tells me that I shouldn't and I can't and it won't work. Um, and sometimes you do just have to give it a try and, and pin with, with all feet. So um, it's great to hear. In terms of the services that... <laughs> in terms of the services that you offer then so and it's true the word fractional um and interim is kind of a common used uh word, common used word over here in the uk but what sort of services could a fractional vp of sales add to a startup small size like you said was it five to 30 head type organizations that that you're focused on what are the typical types of services that you could add to an organization and Maybe to organizations that are sitting there today thinking, I need help with my sales business, but actually I really want to make sure that I'm appealing to everybody, be it women, be it diverse um, hires. Um, So yeah, have you got any hints or tips for people that, for founders that are growing their businesses where you might be able to offer some help and advice in a very quick overview? I'm sure you don't want to give everything away because obviously that's what you're, you're there to do. But, but yeah, kind of, tips and tricks would you offer in that space? 
Yeah. So I think that you hit the nail on the head. The small business and organizations really probably under about 150 employees or under 100 employees that you know are just starting out that need to build a solid sales foundation, but don't have the funds to, to make a full-time hire. Um, but they want to hire the right sales they want to bring in diverse teams. They want to be able to sell their product and market their product. Is anything, so I work with organizations on anything from sales hiring programs. So what does that actually look like? Who should we attract and how do we do it? And then partnering with recruiters like you, Kelly, to make their, their dreams come true with their, with their teams. Um, but also anything from, you know, we have a sales presentation and it's not selling. How do we sell it better? Or how do we close a deal? Um, so anything along that entire sales spectrum, I support. I've actually recently, since we last talked, brought in a marketing expert uh, under AMB International. Right. She is amazing. So we have another strong female um, and she does the marketing side. So we work very closely together for customers to, to offer fractional sales and fractional marketing support and bringing those two things together um, from the female perspective, right? Um, so we're really excited to work with customers along their journey and elevate women in tech, teach organizations how to do that from hiring through leadership progression is absolutely something that we're happy to help with. Perfect. And it sounds like a, a great opportunity. I'm assuming a lot of times in the roles that you're you're in, are you taking over sales teams from maybe founders or co-founders where it's been their, their baby and they've built this product from like zero point and now it's going on this, this journey. So I'm sure bringing in a fractional resource for some, it can be a scary time as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of different moving parts that, that you and your, your business partner has to deal with there um, working with within the space and, I wish you guys all the best of luck because it sounds like a fantastic opportunity for, for people to, like you say, hire in that fractional resource to resolve a situation that they're in and then help them elevate their own businesses through to, to that next step. And, and in doing so, obviously supporting them um, on that journey, which is fantastic. In terms of kind of the rest of the, the sharing questions, I don't have any other questions for you. I don't know whether you've got any parting words of wisdom or anything that you would like to share with the audience a favorite quote I've had a few that have come up over the different episodes that I've recorded that I really like so I like to get people's favorite quotes and then kind of steal them if I'm honest with you and and, you, and kind of replay them out um, there's been some really fantastic shares so anything that you would share for the audience yeah, so I, I'm going to struggle on the quote. I think the the be be the change you wish to see in the world is good, um, especially for us, right? Where we want to see this change, so we're here. We're talking about it. I think is yeah. is important. But in terms of words of wisdom and advice, you know, Kelly, you and I talked about the imposter syndrome that after you know 17, 18 years in our space, we still face sometimes, right? And luckily, we've had some cheerleaders in our corner, but not all women have that, and that's the reality. Not all women have cheerleaders in their corner. My biggest advice, you know, to women that are thinking about making a transition, struggling in their career uh, in tech, don't know where to go, don't know where to turn, don't know what's next is the best advice is find a coach or a mentor that's a female. I've worked very recently with some women uh, in tech sales roles that are managers that are trying to work themselves up. And just asking for advice and how did you do it and how did you carve the path? Find someone like that, that you, even if you have to pay for it, if you have to pay for a coach, if you have to pay for a mentor, 
find a woman that's achieved what you want to achieve and get that cheerleader in them. Find out what they did to get to the level that you're, that you're looking to get to is a really well worthwhile investment. I, I can't stress the coaching and mentorship enough, especially if you don't have that at home or with a group of friends or peers. Get yourself someone that will be your cheerleader and work with you to carve the, the road ahead. I really like that. In the first episode that I recorded with a VP of engineering called Arena, she's also a coach within her tech space. And one of the things that she shared is exactly that, having a coach, having a mentor and paying, if need be, for those services to to really get you to where you want to be, to give you that confidence, to make you kind of take that step forward. So I think in terms of advice, I do really like that. And it resonates with me. And it's obviously resonating with the winning women that I'm talking to, that it's something that if you're serious about moving yourself forward, then, you know, it is a way to go. And there's lots of people that can offer free help and advice that are out there. There's lots of networking groups. But I think that investment in yourself, that personal investment is such a valuable thing. And I think, yes, it might cost a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand dollars to get that initial where you want to go, dependent on what you're trying to achieve. But I think the long term return on that will far outweigh the cost that you would probably put down at the start so some great advice there and I really 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 like that and yeah I think it's one that we should definitely be sharing with with everybody that's coming through and like you said that advice and that mentor and that sponsorship it can be at start of your career it can be all the way through to you know if you've been in an industry for 18 years it doesn't matter where it needs to come in so great tip and I really really like that But other than that, Megan, it's been great having you on the Elevate show today. I really want to thank you for your time and everything that you've shared with us. If anybody from the show would want to get in contact with you after this, what would be their best ways? I don't know if you want to share anything, um, any websites. I will share the links, obviously, in the podcast as well. But any kind of websites that you want to share just on the show now with the audience? Yeah, so our website is ambinternational.org. So it's not .com, it's .org. And you can also find me and connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Megan Bordage, of course. I am happy to connect on LinkedIn and connect with anybody that's interested in the services that we offer, or even from a female perspective on, here's my scenario, what should I do? Should I pay for a mentor? Should I pay for a coach? Happy. I think giving back is one of the best things that we can do. If, if we've made it to a certain point in our careers as women, I think that, you know, offering some support and guidance is great. And I love to give back. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well and send me a private message. And I'm happy to help or guide you or connect you with anyone that I can that might be able to help you along your journey. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. It's been great having you on the show. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing where AMB International goes over the coming months and years and all the fantastic SaaS companies you're going to be working with and supporting with their high growth plans. Thank you very much, Megan. Take care. 